I feel like I'm a little rusty, so. Me too. It's been, I think, like a month or more since I've um, done the pod with you. I know. I'm happy to be back. If you didn't look exactly like me, I wouldn't even recognize your face. (laughs) Hi, guys. Welcome to Undressed. I'm Megan Collins, a style girlfriend. Uh, We are back for another episode, and we are joined for the first time in a long time. Yeah. By Taylor Davies. Hey, everybody. Happy to be back. It's so nice to have you. You were across the country, and then mm-hmm. you were just, I don't know, busy. I was really busy, yeah, um, which is like, it sounds stupid, but I'm also like happy to have been busy. It yes. was great to get away. Went to see my parents in Idaho and just like hiked every day and took in the nature and like got my fill that's going to have to like last me through I'm, until I'm there again. Um, yeah, and then I came back and it was like September, right back into the swing of like back to school work, back to the grind. Mm-hmm. Uh it's funny because according to our like lost episode that no one will ever hear because I couldn't figure out how to get off my computer, mm. you said that Idaho is like your happy place. Yes. Oh, and yeah. I remember was that seeing the 20 you, questions episode? It was the 20 questions episode. It's that no such one a bummer ever... that that's the lost one. We should re-record something We should. Because like it was fun, It I was think. really fun. But you literally <laughs> went on such a like, you painted a real word picture with how much you enjoy mm. being in Idaho. And I do feel like you came back quite refreshed. Yeah. Text I think painting. the city's worn you down since. But you know, there was a nice couple days there where you seemed pretty good. Just a little lighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know who doesn't seem lighter? Who? Um, Michael Kors. Well, actually, I guess if this Versace deal goes through, he'll be $2 billion lighter because he's about yeah. to buy Versace. That's wild to Think me. Think about how many gold watches you have to sell in order to have $2 billion to buy Versace. Yeah, and like how many like um, faux leather um, structured handbags <laughs> It's really interesting to me, that whole brand. And I think it's really impressive that he's been able to do that. So, like, no shade to Michael Kors. But it's just so funny to think about the products that are sort of the backbone of the financial structure of that company. Like, I think you and I would probably agree. It's all accessories. Yeah. Because his runway stuff is beautiful. Nobody ever thinks about it. And it's extremely expensive. And the only person who wears it is Blake Lively. Aww. (laughs) Right? It's true. It's true. No, it's – like, I think he's worn by – a actress of a certain age like Emmys and stuff mm-hmm. and then yeah I think it jumps right down to watches and purses and scarves and which is fragrance maybe fragrance probably which is a lot of those designers like that is their bottom yeah. line like for the first time today on Style Girlfriend we had a five days five ways and we were doing black jeans so obviously we included a picture of Justin Thoreau yeah and he was wearing that Gucci tee that everybody's been wearing. Yeah. And it was the first time that we'd ever put anything Gucci into like a shopping roundup. But it made sense because it's only like 200 bucks. And like that's probably the first time that Gucci has been like relevant to an audience of like, you know, like style girlfriends where yeah. they're like, they can pay a little bit more, but they're not going to pay like a ton more. Like they aren't going to buy a Gucci sweater. I'd but like they... an asterisk by that because mm-hmm. the last time I went on Net-A-Porter and looked up a Gucci t-shirt for women, it was five hundred and ninety dollars what a short sleeve logo tee maybe we found one on like the real real or something right. that was like cheaper yeah oy, oy, oy. or maybe this is the patriarchy once again bringing us down <sighs> it's like kid <laughs> sizes pricing for men yeah. yeah but it's wild right like yeah all of those brands like they make their money off of people that are our level because they're just giving the clothes like lively like she's not paying for that stuff no but yeah so it's enough that Michael Kors can straight up buy Versace, like whip out the wallet and be like, yeah. Yeah. Give me I wonder, it all. do you know what other companies he has in his portfolio? Did it say in the article? I didn't read it. I don't know. That's a really good question. I do think he's someone who's probably just a really good businessman as well. Yeah. Like, I think that it's not just 
Yeah, based on like his fashion empire. I'm sure that he's made smart acquisitions along the way. And I don't, I don't know. Me either, but it's fascinating. It's crazy. Yeah. You know what's not fascinating? What? Oh my God. The next thing on our outline that okay. I put on last week, <laughs> and I almost took off because I was like, I don't want to talk about this. But Maroon 5 is playing the Super Bowl <laughs> this year, Taylor. <laughs> Maroon 5. I know. We had like a long and passionate G chat about this. Um, and I still, listen, I've come <laughs> around. I understand what I'm saying when I say it, which is that I know they're stupid. <laughs> I get it. And I know that the Super Bowl is happening in Atlanta and that if anybody was paying attention, there could be and there are a lot more sort of please all factors acts they probably could have gotten for this, but they didn't. That said, I am an embarrassing Maroon 5 fan. <laughs> I've seen them in concert. You have not. Oh, yeah. Wait, when? I, let me tell you, I went to a concert in Seattle. This was 10 years or more ago. Okay. So Maroon, not like last September. Maroon 5, Counting Crows. Stop. It was so fun. <laughs> so fun. I know so many of the songs. Listen, Did you surprise yourself? Like, were you like, oh, I know this one too? No, no. I knew no, I was going to know. You knew? Yeah, I knew I was going to know. Songs about Jane, like, defined my high school experience. But to be fair, that was the last album that they could claim any kind of legitimate coolness. It was the first it was one the first they album. put out. Right. It was the first and last cool album from Maroon 5. It's interesting how much they pivoted from that, right? Because you kind of thought maybe they're going to be this kind of, like, cool indie pop. And then they went straight mainstream in, like, a very big way. But my problem is that they've got producers who are creating some of the most earwormy, addicting pop songs that like, like my most embarrassing one that's like a song that I will never, ever, ever stop loving is Sugar. Wait. Sugar. Oh, yes, please. I love that song so much. It's on so many of my playlists. It's so embarrassing. And if they don't play to the Super Bowl, I will boycott, I will turn it off, and I will pour a bucket of nachos on my head. I love that song so much. <laughs> That's like a recent song. Yes, Megan. So listen. So we're you were coming like, from different places. <laughs> and like you I'm heard still moves in. Moves like Jagger and you were just like, yes. No. Uh-huh. Moves Keep like Jagger. Going. Listen, <laughs> it's like going to a restaurant. You like the restaurant. You've got your favorite dishes. Do you want every single thing on the menu? No. That's a really good analogy. That's you have a really to admit that that was a really good analogy. <laughs> totally. No, you're right. Like, do I want most things at an Italian restaurant? Yes. Do I want the gnocchi? No. I never want the gnocchi. Yeah. You want mm. pasta. Yeah. You're there for pasta or pizza. I honestly, I the only way I will accept a Maroon 5 Super Bowl show is if Outkast comes and, like, Beyonce's the whole thing to, like, like is the Beyonce to their Coldplay where, like, yeah. they come out, they're, like, obviously, like, hey, ATL, like, sorry about these guys and then just proceed to go through their entire catalog and then Maroon 5 comes back out and they like play back up on Hey Ya. Oh, I hate Hey Ya so much. Here's my thing though. Like my dad likes Hey Ya. Like that's what I'm saying about like what you mentioned local or uh, like yeah, local artists or you know uh, yeah. uh, Georgia Southern homegrown kind of artists that are still really accessible. Yeah. Like how do you not go with Outkast? Well, listen, this, I think the truth is Outcast doesn't have, mm, but I think like if you were to ask me to name a bunch of Outcast songs, I'd probably only get to like two or maybe three. 
Oh, Taylor. I know, but I feel like I'm a good example of like yeah. what's going on. Like You're the people. I'm the people. Mm-hmm. And I think that Super Bowl advertisers, I think it's one of those things where it's like the most vanilla-y vanilla of problems is figuring out who to play the Super Bowl. Like, But they've done it right before. Like Lady Gaga was great. People oh didn't God, really that was really that. fun when she jumped off the roof. Yes. I know, but Lady Gaga is wide, wide, wide range of appeal. Everybody knows her songs and she's been around forever. I think Maroon 5 is on par with um, Lady Gaga as far as like pop like level and like accessibility for like a large group of people. Is the interest of the music, is the quality the same? No. Is Adam Levine starring in A Star is Born? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying I understand it. Is it perfect? No. But am I going to watch it? Yes. (laughs) I also think they have a lot of friends, so hopefully there will be good cameos. That's my thought is that they're going to understand what's being asked of them and that they'll roll out the good cameos. I guess to me it just feels a little bit like, remember when Steely Dan won for like best album over, I don't know, it was like, Eminem's year or something it was mm. like or like even they might have even like somehow won best rap album like at the Grammys like and it was just like oh like when what? Macklemore won and even they were sort of like ooh yes we that's shouldn't. what this like, feels I'm grateful like. but also ah. my bad mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. like sorry for the patriarchy yeah and I get that and so I think it's fair to have like discourse over it and for people to be like I feel like this isn't the right move I'm just saying that if I were an advertiser if I'm the NFL and I'm just like a big box of cornflakes I'm like yeah I'm ruined five it makes sense it tracks sure in the year of our lord 2018 mm-hmm. do we need more white guys fronting stuff I don't think so. But yeah, maybe the cornflakes yeah. guys think that we do. Yeah. And I mean it's not Maroon's fault. Maroon 5's fault. They're all white. They just are. And I guess it's just that brings up I think a bigger picture of like okay, so then how do we give more diverse musical acts a bigger spotlight so they have an opportunity to be like considered for all this like for this big advertising ask for all these eyeballs so that like these big companies who are making all these decisions are like, oh, these acts or these musical people are front of mind for us. I guess. I just don't think this is like Google trying to hire more female engineers. Like there are female acts out there. There are people of color, like musical acts out there that they could have picked that were also quite big names. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that's definitely true. I just just feel like it's like, I don't think we can like be like, oh, like it's fine. Maroon 5 is white, like fine. That's not their fault. They've been around for a long ass time, I think working pretty hard to do whatever they're doing. So like, I just feel like, is it the right choice? Eh, but like, is Maroon 5 doing anything wrong? No. What did you think about Justin Timberlake last year doing the Super Bowl? Oh, well, I feel like there's nuance to that situation. I don't think that's fair. But, like, just performance alone. Do you think that he, like, brought the goods? No. Yeah. I think he's a little tired. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Man of the Woods was stupid, and it went nowhere, and nobody listened to it, and it had no hits. So, in contrast, you're saying Maroon 5 is more popular than Justin Timberlake? Uh, I think that... No, I don't think they're more popular. I just think... I, I, I personally would be like, I don't know. Or like more trustworthy to put on a good Super Bowl halftime show? No, I don't think they're more. I just think it's another year. Here we go. I think it's, listen, I think it's boring that we're picking just like another group of white guys to like sing the Super Bowl. I do. I just think it's not Maroon 5's fault. I think it's the NFL advertiser machine's fault that they're not picking acts that more 
people would think are that like this is the 2018 move. Sure. But then how do we change that? Because again, like look at the Emmys, look at last year's Emmys, look at the gold, like look at all of these things where like there's probably just a bunch of middle aged rich white guys in a room being like, who should we have host this? Who should we have perform this? Like if we're not getting anyone else in that room, then we're never gonna get anyone else on stages, right? Yeah, that's true. And I think what's gonna happen, well, listen, I don't know how long it's gonna take, but I know one thing is that all these bozos are getting old and they're gonna die. And I think that our generation across the board is going to hopefully move the needle so that like, I hope it happens sooner, but I can say with like certainty that I feel like in 15 years, everything will be really different. But it's scary to think that, I hope it doesn't take that long. Cause those, those old white guys who've had those jobs for 20 years, they're holding on for dear life. They've had those jobs. It's like, it's, you know what I mean? They're, they're ingrained in these companies and what we do to move them out, I don't know. Expose their secrets, put Ronan Farrow on them. Oh my God. Take them down one I hope by someone's one. taking care of him. Like, I hope that he's getting his Zycam yeah. and like taking Spa some emergency. You know, yes. like taking some time for himself every Absolutely. now and then. Absolutely. Like go to a nail salon, get one of those like chair massages. Oh yeah. He needs it. He, he deserves it. it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I um I think that you're right. I think it's not super inspiring to be like, I have a dream that one day a bunch of white guys will die and stuff will be better. Like no, it's certainly not <laughs> inspiring. And I don't think it's like a really like progressive point of view. I feel like I, I just I feel like I'm a little down about all of that stuff. And that's sort of where I'm like, ugh, is that what it's gonna take? It might. But hopefully, I mean, I don't know. We're seeing small changes like here and there, less moon V's. Is that how you say his name? Moon Viz? I don't moon know. Viz? Moon out. Vess out of here. Yeah. Bye. Ugh. Julie Chen. Bye. Yeah. I think the enablers are, I mean, that's something where if we can not just get at the people who are doing bad things, but the people who are saying, well, those bad things aren't so bad, or he never did those bad things to me. Mm. I mean, are we in the eye of that storm right now or what? Yeah, we are. Honestly, by the time this goes live tomorrow, like we're recording this on Monday, who knows what will <laughs> happen? I can't even imagine. It's, uh, yeah, we're really, we are in the middle of the eye of a storm after having just come out of an actual storm. Oh my God. I'm yeah. exhausted. Me too. I'm so tired. <laughs> Me too. There's been no relief. No, and there won't be for uh, a while. Uh-uh. So buckle up. And vote. Tomorrow's voter registration day. Oh, this is coming out too late for it to be, mean anything. Oh, well, people on Instagram Live are watching. Tell oh, them. You guys, make sure you're registered to vote. Is that in New York only? See, I'm already registered, so I don't even know. Um, I wow. believe it's humble. like... <laughs> Civic engagement, humble uh, brag. <laughs> Megan, how much would I have to pay you to get... I'm a registered voter tattooed across your forehead. Dear listeners, we had a wild discussion <laughs> with various people at a party on Saturday night in Brooklyn just trying to see how much people would, how much money they would take to get different things tattooed across, like somewhere on their face. Yeah. It took a little explaining to get the gist across, but then it was a really fun party game. Yeah, it was. Also, I have a teardrop on my cheek now mm -hmm. for $1,000. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it would have yeah, been more than that, trust me. <laughs> but not a lot more... You know what else I want to talk about hmm. is we put up something on Style Girlfriend last week and I haven't had a chance to talk about it much. And I was just curious if you read it, what you thought about it. I did read it. And, you know, spoiler alert, I was reading the intro being like, I know exactly who she's talking about, <laughs> which doesn't matter. You don't have to know who it is to get the gist. But I feel like that really drew me in. And mm. then I was like, oh. Got to paint a picture. Yeah. You painted a great picture and then it really like unfolded into a really like smart argument for like 
on a bigger level, knowing what you want in life, and on a smaller level, being able to articulate even the smallest things like elements of your taste level. I can't tell you how crazy it drives me when people don't have opinions on anything. I know. Like, I was talking to my mom. I was in Wisconsin recently, and I was talking to my mom and my aunt, and I don't know why, Taylor, but we started talking about toilet paper, and I was like, Cottonelle till I effing die. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I don't know that I feel as strongly about anything in my life as I do about my preference on toilet paper, but at least I have it. Yeah. And I feel the same about, like, if you walk into a bar after a long, hard day, and it's a good bar, so you can order what you want, what are you ordering? Mm -hmm. Or what kind of house you eventually want to have, and what color you'd paint the front door, and... What type of partner you want in a long-term relationship? And if you want kids and if you want to raise them in a religion and if you want to talk to them about death or whatever, like I just think that this is something that any grown man, grown woman should have thought about by now. And so I think, yes, that's, that was the precipice or that was the, um, the reason yeah. uh, for writing it. It was because you and I were both – we had this conversation with this man who just like didn't have any opinions about anything. Mm-hmm. And he's miserable. Yeah. And he's And stuck. I think that's correlated. And I feel like that's what it it's like if you want to look at someone who's stuck and paralyzed and stuck and paralyzed almost exclusively because he doesn't know what he wants from any of the like big life buckets, that that's what it is. And it was truly frightening to watch. I think what bothers me is that Hopefully we've I did enough to disguise who that person is because I'd feel bad if they saw. It. Although we've had that conversation and we basically said the same thing to yeah. his face. Yeah. But like, I wonder if it's clear why not putting forward plan. And again, I'm not talking about like a five year plan. Like, and then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And but like, what you want at least, like mm-hmm. what your ideal life would look like, and so that you're clearer on it, and so that you recognize it when the like pieces fall into place for you being able to get those things. I wonder if it's clear, like, why not clarifying those things leads to unhappiness or leads to, like, dissatisfaction. Yeah. Do you think that everyone kind of, like, gets that connection or not so much? No, I don't because I think that there wouldn't be as many stuck people in the world if everybody knew that, like, you know, it's sort of like standing at a fork in the road, but the fork has, like, infinite directions, right? Like, choosing – you can be paralyzed by not knowing which way you want to go, even if all those options – looked like something right that you could see but you can't pick one for some reason I think a lot of people feel that way so yeah I just uh, to be honest I feel like I have those moments where I get stuck and I think that that's like you're not saying you need to know where you need to know everything about your life all the time all at once that it's the human condition to sort of to question, to fall back, to reassess and to move. But I think what we're trying to encourage is that like, keep your brain moving, like keep the things that you don't know top of mind so that you can figure them out. Spend some time exploring the options or writing or talking to a therapist or something so that you feel like if you feel stuck and if you feel like, you know, you're not like, you're not making any progress or really like defining yourself as a person and your personal brand to start doing it. But what I worry, like what you're saying though, is that the people that are stuck don't care or whether or not they even think they're stuck, right? They just are in some job doing it, like going through the motions and who just like show up to a restaurant and are like, I guess I'll have a hamburger and like, oh, just give me a beer 
from the draft list, whatever it is. You know what I mean? For me, like when I hear the counter argument of like, well, what if something comes along that wasn't what I said I wanted? Am I going to just turn that down? And I'm kind of like, maybe. Like if you meet a great girl and she doesn't want to have kids and you want to have kids, you probably shouldn't get into a relationship with that girl. Because what if you fall in love and then you're too far gone and then you're like, okay, I'm going to make this sacrifice for you and cut to five years later and you resent the hell out of her. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you wanted kids. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to say, like, well, no, I mean, it's okay. Like, it's whatever. Because I like you. And, like, mm. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. There's, It's a hard thing to do. But, like, spoiler alert, life is hard. Yeah. Making tough decisions is hard. Always. Mm-hmm. But putting yourself first is sometimes really necessary. And also deciding not to decide is a cop-out. Mm-hmm. Like, to act like, well, I'll just, like, let life happen like, I don't foresee that being the best outcome for you. No. You know? No. And I think that it's interesting because I think a lot of people feel really torn about that stuff when it comes to relationships. I think with people are sort of either in one camp or the other where they're um, happy to apply the same sort of mental approach to relationships that they do to, like, work or a career path. And some people are much more like, no, work is one thing and relationships are like, leave it to the stars leave it to fate. And I I think I fall somewhere in the middle with those two things, to be honest. Mm. Because I think I have to, being almost 33 <gasps> and single and wanting to be in a relationship, but finding that I'm working at it and I'm going on dates and I feel like I'm, you know, putting myself out there. At a certain point, you have to say, okay, it helps my mental state to say, okay, I'm working on it, but it's also like keeps not happening. So like, is it keeping not happening, do I have to just trust that someone will come along and I won't die alone? Or like, right? Like, you have to believe a little bit too, right? I think there's elements of taking the tangible stuff and working on it, but also a little bit of belief and like whatever it is you feel like believing in. Some people are very religious in that way. Some people like the universe. Some people like astrology. Sure. But like, it reminds me of that joke, right? Where like a guy, uh, like his home gets flooded, there's like a terrible storm and he goes up to his roof and he says like, God, please save me. And along comes like a firefighter and is like, hey, like I'm here to save you. And he's like, no, God's going to save me. Mm. And then like the waters rise and a helicopter comes and they're like, hey, we're going to toss down this ladder. He's like, no, 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 God's going to save me. And then the water rises and the guy dies and he gets up to heaven and he's like, God, like you were supposed to save me. And God goes, I sent you a firefighter. I sent you a helicopter. Like, I think that that's not something that we take into account enough that like, our own action is required in addition to belief. So while you yeah. can say like you, some of it is you being like, hey, universe, like I'm going to hope you have my back here. You're still on Bumble. You're still, yeah. you know, winking at guys in bars. Like I think there's a lot of people that are sitting at home on their couch and saying, I hope I meet someone or I hope the perfect job comes along. Like right. you can't sit on your hands and expect everything to, you know, Kool-Aid man through your wall and be like, here I am. Right. Here's, I'm, I'm your perfect wife. I'm your perfect job. I'm your perfect body. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm saying, right? Is that you have to put yeah, the two I, things together. Totally. And I just, I think that not enough people do that, the putting it on their shoulders part. Sure. I agree. Especially when it comes to relationships. Yeah. Like, because I think that that one feels a little bit less under your control. Like, if you want a new job, like, you can probably go out and find a new job. If you want to get fit, like you know what you need to do to get fit. And relationships are more of a, you know, question mark because you can do all the right things and be quote unquote out there and still like 
kind of be unlucky in love and like yeah. nobody floats your boat or vice versa and like that can feel really devastating but I don't think that the right reaction is to be like well I guess I'm just gonna sit at home on my couch right well and it's and I think relationship thing is also so complicated because it's not just you it's a whole other person so like that's what makes it complicated and I think so then drawing too many analogies between love and relationships and so many other aspects of your life doesn't really make sense at the end of the day you're still there's still a compromise and still a partnership with a whole other person who also has goals and hopefully uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> goals and opinions and things that they want in life hopefully right and then you have to figure out how to navigate those two things together but also spoiler if you are someone without goals and you meet someone without goals that might not be the best partnership anyway. What does that look like? Just like sitting in a bowl of soup for your whole life? Like, I don't know. Oh, and it's like been microwave, but like not that hot. But it must happen all the time, right? Like there must be people that get together and they're just sort of like, I guess you're good enough. And they don't really know what would like get their socks off. But like neither does the other person. So they're both just sort of like, okay, well, I guess you're good enough. Like, mm -hmm. Ugh, mm -hmm. what wedding mm -hmm. vows those must be? Yeah. I guess I do, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Episode title? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. I guess, comma, I do. And in the article, I even caveated, like, obviously, it's good to also keep an open mind sure. with any kind of opinion. Like, nobody wants to be, have uh, your POV rammed down their throat, but also, like, have a spirited debate about why you should have three children versus four with your future spouse, you yeah. know? Or why Maroon 5 should or should not perform at the Super Bowl. Absolutely. That's probably what you should ask, like, just right out of the gate. Like, that's mm -hmm. a good first date question. Do you think that Maroon 5 was the best choice for the mm -hmm. Super Bowl? And then depending on their answers, you can tell if you're compatible. Yeah. I think, like, has Match.com added that to that, <laughs> to their personality profile yet? I wouldn't know. I'm not on Match.com. I don't know. Is that, it's still a thing, right? Oh, 100%. Uh, before we get to hot takes, mm -hmm. I do just want to note one other like fashiony news item. Tell me the fashiony news item. Uh, so my boyfriend Michael B. Jordan mm, is the new babe. global face of Coach Menswear. Uh huh. And my only complaint, literally, is that they put out this like the photo that they used was like him wearing this kind of terrible Coach like the C's emblazoned pattern like hoodie sweatshirt for it, and Gag I was like, really. But apart from that, I think it's a great partnership. He's mm. worn a bunch of their stuff before. Like he mm -hmm. wore this like really cute uh, dinosaur sweater yeah, love during the like dinosaur. the Black Panther uh, like press tour, and I was mm -hmm. just like, oh, you're so. So I'm super excited about that. He's going to be involved, obviously, as like the face of the brand, but also like on their charitable side. And then he's going to be doing like quote unquote like design projects with the creative director, which like Selena, like Selena Gomez, who's the female face of the brand and has done like a couple of capsule collections. Mm -hmm. So I'm super excited to see what a Michael B. Jordan design coach collection looks like. I feel like he has really good taste. I feel like it's going to be good. Yes. Cause he like knows what a good fit is. Uh huh. Yeah. He puts things together that are interesting, but still pretty accessible, which is probably what, you know, made him go so far in SG madness this year. Oh my gosh. Only to lose it wow. in the end. Is that a chip on your shoulder I can see from oh, across the oh. table? It's just, <laughs> I forgot to put it down before we got in here. Um, and I will just say it's worth noting that in joining Selena Gomez as the face of the brand, that's a Latina global ambassador and an African-American ambassador. And I just think it's really like just big ups to coach for yeah. 
such diversity and representation in what is this very historically like all American brand. And whereas some brands with that have gone in a very sort of expected way, Mm -hmm. they're saying like, this is what America looks like now. And they're like really focused on a younger client or like, you know, consumer. And I think that's amazing. And so apart from that hoodie, he was wearing, I am excited to see everything that comes out of this partnership. Right. I feel like I'm feeling like a shearling lined leather jacket moment. Yes. Like I think the outerwear is going to be really good. Maybe a briefcase kind of a thing happening, mm. you know, really tapping into that like history of coach. I like, and I just want to hear him talk about it. Like I want to hear Michael B. Jordan just like talk about leather. <laughs> That's so that's like your like ASMR kink is Michael B. Jordan talking about leather, just like a bunch of clips like strung together. And then he's just like touching it. He's just like feeling the briefcase. And yeah. I'm, yeah. God, it wouldn't be undressed if we didn't take one conversation to like a, just a little over the edge that's just slightly inappropriate. He So I'm binging Parenthood right now. Uh, and he was on it. For a while, I mean, he's oh, still post on Friday it. Night Lights. So I can't tell because there's a ton of Friday Night Lights people on it. Like Minka Kelly's on it right now. Like Vince's mom plays somebody's like marriage therapist, mm. and I know other people are like gonna be on it because I know my sister watched it when it was on. But he's with this girl who is not cute, but also probably is what I look like in high school, <laughs> and so it just is giving me this weird like. Like a retro throwback. Like, I could have gotten Michael B. Jordan in high school if this girl could. Like, I don't, it's really not done good things for my psyche because I'm very like, I could make this happen. This is mm-hmm. like a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he just has to meet me and be like, oh, you're cuter than Hattie. And I'll be like, yeah, let's get together. I'm ready. Yeah. Wow. But he looks just as cute. He's like skinnier and younger, obviously, because it was like eight years ago. Oh, yeah. Is that a good show? Should I watch it? It's not the best show in the world but it's certainly not the worst and yeah. I get like a cry in with every episode I've been watching it as I've been like doing work like admin stuff lately mm, that's like, how I was with um with like this is us which I feel like is the same yes. formula you can watch it in the background mm-hmm. and be caring but also like and you're like typing an email and crying at the same time you're like how did this happen like <laughs> how am I doing this Pretty much. I, the other night, I was like wanting to watch something and just like pass out. So I was like rewatching a few episodes of Queer Eye from like the second season or whatever because I wasn't quite ready to revisit the first season. Oh boy. But I was laying there and I was so tired. Like my eyes were like so tired and I was like, I can't wait to be asleep. And I was crying <laughs> watching the show, being like, why am I, why am I like, like revving my emotions up to a hundred while I like need to just roll over and go to bed? Yeah, no, Tiller, that's when you put on like a Frasier and like, Pass the F out. I know. I got to a point in the seasons where I needed to take a break because there's like I'm getting to the part like later on when I like don't like it as much. So mm. I'm like, oh, do I restart it? Do I go back to something else? Like, so I picked Queer Eye and it was such a mistake. <laughs> Which one made you cry? Which one was I watching? Um, uh, I mean, was it one where they took an emotionally unavailable man and dressed him up, put shiplap in his house and brought him to tears multiple times? Because that's that one always got me. Oh, my me. gosh. It was the one where... The guy was living with his girlfriend, but they were still sleeping on all the furniture that was like of her ex and stuff. And so like oh, he yeah, felt yeah, really yeah. like stifled in the house by that. And he had like the big fluffy hair. Mm-hmm. And oh, and was he, he the one that like proposed at the end? Proposed be that movie? at the end. Um, and it was so sweet and endearing. Yeah, and I was just laying there, laying on my side, and so the tears were like coming out of my eye and then like going down my face and like onto my pillow. And I'm like wiping my face and like being like, <laughs> why am I doing this to myself? I like that you just described how crying works. 
Yeah, they, tears were coming out of my eyes. <laughs> but what was weird was that they were going it. down like this because I was laying on my side. <laughs> Got it. Thank you. We'll put up a diagram for cut anyone that out. who can't picture you can it. Cut that out. Uh, well, I think that brings us to hot takes. Taylor, okay. do you have a hot take this week? Yes, I do. Um, I have a hot take from an article that I read at the beginning of the month when I was still on my like travel sabbatical, but it sticks with me, has continued to stick with me, and I continue to bring it up in conversation almost anywhere I go, um, which you know how like GQ has been really ramping it up with their like feature content? It's been so good, and she's like, they're hiring really good writers, and they're yeah. writing really smart stuff. They wrote a story, I feel like you probably read, called Sperm Count Zero. Well, we've definitely talked about it in polite conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Among people who, like... Yeah. Yeah. yeah who, like, have. definitely wanted us to, you know, talk about sperm. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You haven't talked about it on the podcast yet? No. Okay, good. So, basically, <laughs> I read this story, and my hot take is that I didn't know. I This was brand new information to me that male fertility has been cut in half um, since, like, our grandparents' generation. So, people who, if they're still alive right now, are probably in their... 70s or 80s 90s like my parents are almost 70 so like we're talking 80s 90s that generation were half as fertile no they were doubly as fertile they were doubly as fertile as, as we, we are, are now and by like 2034 which is not gonna, that far away which is not far away at all we're gonna be like half that or less and I won't get into describing the science behind why, but it has Could a lot you, to do with like, I guess my impression was that it has a lot to do with the industrial revolution slash plastic. Yeah. It's like environmental factors. Yeah. Plastic basically. And like all these things that have helped extend our life expectancy and have advanced modern medicine and also like um, making food more accessible and more affordable, which is good, but also we just kind of did it without any forethought to like what might be the like uh, long-term like detrimental effects, which is that um, men are becoming infertile. And then they sort of go into how like it's hard to notice because you just don't need that many sperm. Like you have 200 million, but that's like an overshot that you need for one egg. And then saying that like, oh, you know, societal factors, people are having less kids in general. So like you're just not seeing Mm -hmm. the results. But what it made me think a lot about is that, like, okay, so probably when they're they're throwing out this number, 2034, sometime around there, it's going to look sort of handmaid's taily in that only really rich people are going to be able to have children because if everyone's infertile, only people who have a lot of money can afford infertility treatments, which are, spoiler alert, so, so, so expensive, and they don't always work the first time. So I just had this whole thought where I was like, God, that's going to be really dark days if the only people who can have children are rich and then the striation between classes is basically like one grows, one stagnates, and it's like even darker and even scarier than it already is. That's my hot take. We have to have some, like, thunderclap, like, yeah. sound effects coming in I have there. an extremely dark take this oh. week. I had a happier take written down, but which was that, like, Harry Styles did another campaign for Gucci. And he, like, held a goat. Yeah, I love it. Oh, I love it. I love that he's just, like, playing with gender lines and wearing so many colors and just seems like such an accessible, like, kind of, like, free love, like fancy clothes. Like, yeah, like, just, like, a sexual animal in all directions. Like, I'm in, except for the direction towards animals, obviously. Obviously. He just wants to cuddle the animals. Although, who knows? By 2034, I mean, we might be out of options. Oh, God. Might get to 
that. Isn't that crazy though? Yes, it's super crazy. And like, I think next year is 2019. That's only like 15 years away, 2034. To your point of like why people haven't noticed, I think it's also because people are waiting longer to have kids. And then Mm -hmm. when infertility strikes, it's on the woman's side. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, you and your, what what do they call it? Like, Old old lady eggs, basically. Your geriatric pregnancy. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And like, so that the blame, you know, blame is maybe a subjective term there, but like it gets foisted on the women, mm-hmm. on women for mm-hmm. waiting too long or for you know whatever. It's like their quote unquote fault. So yeah, that's and probably another reason that we don't notice that it's not you know the man's issue quite yet. Well, exactly. And so it's like an environmental issue for men, and it is sort of a ticking clock thing for women. And I just feel like. God, I hope more people read this article and then we all can just be like, we're all in this together with the fertility troubles. But like, what does that mean for the next generation? Like, are we going to bounce back to kids getting married at 22? Like, I mean, it's very, and, very interesting. And procreating at that point, you know. Could probably write a really interesting, you know, semi-sci-fi novel about like. Like a Lord of the Flies situation. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like the kids are all like little mini adults because they have uh-huh. to be. Like a hundred years in the future, are we sort of like reverted to a hundred years before now, where it's sort of like people live in smaller communities, the cities are sort of a rarefied situation, and like people are getting married young, traditional values make a huge comeback. I don't know. It's scary to think about, and it, I think extremely more possible than we'd like to. Believe. I think everything that is in our near future is both harder to imagine and closer than any of us are really aware of. Mm-hmm. Like everything to do with climate change is like at our front door and people are like meh yep I'm gonna throw this you know empty bottle of Tide in the ocean and just forget about it I read something about building giant seawalls to protect us from rising waters I was like build that wall build build that that wall wall, like around Sweden like build a wall around Sweden I don't know. that, And we really, we took it to a dark place I know. again. We didn't really hit on many <laughs> light notes in this podcast. And here's something really <laughs> pathetic too is in comparison, my hot take is literally just that I'm really annoyed that like the SEO race for Halloween costumes gets started <laughs> earlier and earlier every year. That was all I wanted to talk about was that I'm already seeing like, here's what to wear for Halloween this year. I'm like, slow your roll October. But mm. yeah, in comparison to like massive global <laughs> infertility uh, epidemics it doesn't seem so bad so honestly go for it halloween i would love to read about halloween now just to make myself feel better. sure except for the slutty handmaid's tail costume so that, funny that just got pulled down um on the today show this morning the funny i saw a funny one that i thought that's a packaged costume that i would probably buy and think was really like on brand for me and it was like a white dress and it was and and like a hood and the outfit is like a ghost but it's all just a text messages that are all blue oh <laughs> <laughs> that are that's like see you tonight, kissy face. Hey, are you there? coming over? <laughs> question, question, question. Guess not. Sad face. <laughs> I was like, whoever. That is so smart and so funny. I was like, done. Love it. Twenty eighteen ghost. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Still dark. Still dark. Still dark. So love is dead. So are your sperm and. And the if patriarchy has guy, ruined we, the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, here's what, this is something. One for the books. Who would you, who's your dream, like who do you, who would you love to see perform at the Super Bowl? Like location aside, um, metrics aside, like who would you be like, this would be a great Super Bowl act that would be like on brand for Megan Collins 2018? Well, I think 
I, I can't quite divorce it from the fact that it's going to be in Atlanta this year. So for that okay. reason alone, I'm like, duh, outcast. And again, like have other acts come in if you want to, you know, have mm-hmm. Drake pop up, have whoever, like mm-hmm. make it more accessible. But I do, mm. I actually do think outcast is more accessible than we're giving them credit for. Um, if it weren't in Atlanta, like I don't really see why we couldn't do like a Jay-Z Beyonce thing. Yeah, just let them on the run their way through yeah. the Super Bowl and just keep on going. And I know Jay-Z is basically like F-U-N-F-L. And so that would be like, that would must mean that they had done something to create like an olive branch there. So I think just in my mm-hmm. in my the entire ideal performance brain, on one knee. Totally. Yes. Yeah. And like Goodell is out somehow and he's like just like in the corner weeping. Yeah. <laughs> I um so I think they'd be great this year. I agree with that. I think it wouldn't be the like if you want to have a white guy, I think Paul McCartney's having a moment right now. I'd be yeah. happy to have him back. Oh, welcome back, Paul. Yeah. And again, with like, if they want to bring, you know, Kelly Clarkson out or something and like have her jam with him, great. Mm-hmm. Did I use jam appropriately? It sounded like that didn't sound right for me. You used it in a Paul McCartney way, like sure. an old white guy yeah. way. Let's they, jam. They jam. Let's jam. Oh, boy. But mm-hmm. yeah. What mm-hmm. about you? I'm, I'm kind of on the same boat. I feel like a Beyonce, Jay-Z would feel just right for the moment. I feel like they're just so awesome and they have the pull. I feel like you could hit all the star buttons you want. I think they're very much like, um, no. Yeah, oh, Beyonce's like, been there, done that, bye. Um, who else would be so good, I feel like? Mm, I don't know. I feel like, ugh, unfortunately, some of the music I've really been jamming to is just like little like white boys with guitars. Like? I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of Charlie Puth this summer. <laughs> I know it's embarrassing. Charlie Puth is not Super Bowl ready. No. He's not big enough. Oh, do you know who I feel like would be so fun, but who's like not in the place to do it is Ariana Grande. Oh, yeah. She's got so many, She's got so many hits. hits. Yeah. She could totally do it. She could do it. She I could would put love that on her shoulders and carry it. Oh. Yeah. She's great. She's beloved. And she does also have a lot of collaborations. A lot of collaborations, a lot of opportunity for really fun people to come in. Yeah. Maybe she'll come out this year. Yeah. Did she ever sing with? No. No, I don't think so. She's too cool for that. Yeah. But she could just like sing one of her songs and then like, uh, what's his name could come in and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Why do you hate it when I sing? (laughs) No, it's great. I just think it's funny. It just makes me laugh. That's that's always what people want when you put forth your creative uh, heart and soul for people to just laugh at it. (laughs) Uh, that's it. That's it for for us this week. <laughs> I'm going to go to the bathroom and not cry. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Yeah. Wherever you get your podcasts, whatever streaming platform that might mm-hmm. be. Sign up and support us through Anchor. Yeah. We love that. Anchor.fm backslash child girlfriend. Uh-huh. Um, do our favorite thing. Take a screenshot and put it as your Instagram story. Tag at StyleGF. Tag me. I'm at Shut Up. I love that. We will give you hearts and comments and send a lot of positive vibes through the phone. And tell us who you think should... Perform at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Who would you pick? Who would you pick mm-hmm. if you were Mr. NFL? Yeah. Who's who's on the short list? Who's getting the call? Yeah. Are there, like, bands anymore? I think Maroon 5 is a band. Right, I know. But, like, besides them, I'm like, oh, like, they're a band. I get it. But, like, who's doing anything? No. So, no. I guess no. there's no more bands. No more sperm. No more bands. That's it for us. It's the end of the world as we know it. Bye. (laughs) Good show. Killed it. Nailed it. (laughs)